0: Good afternoon. Welcome to the weekly LMP event sound forum podcast. This week we have my co host, my very able co host, Mr. Paul Sound Guy
1: Spicer. Good afternoon, Paul. Back in the kitchen, I see. Ben. Back in the kitchen. You, it, you might have a bit of a shock tomorrow on the Facebook Live because it's not going to be from the kitchen, it's going to be from somewhere else or will be revealed. To be fair, we don't see a lot of action in the kitchen. I
0: think one of your lives should be you cooking. <laughs> I'll start a BBC two cooking programme. Paul, I have a question for you. How do you introduce our guest? He
1: does a huge amounts. You're gonna leave that to no. me, aren't you? He does indeed. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? You're always dropping me in it, so I'm gonna drop you in it. Gone. Okay, so his list is he's a councillor. He's a cabinet member for the council.
0: He runs a networking group, which is very, very popular around two towns. He also is a band member for a band called Sound Familiar. Have I got it all in, Paul? Yes. Okay, good afternoon Mr Chris Toe, how are we?
2: Good afternoon Ben, I'm fine thank you and thank you for inviting me to do this.
0: It's okay, when I got the intro off Paul I did have to question whether I had enough printer paper so I've been to Asda to get some printer paper. Chris, you'll be pleased to hear we're not going to go into anything political today. I'm pretty sure during these current crisis, you've had enough of that at the moment and you're plowing through. You can have a break from your political talk at the moment. We're going to concentrate firstly on your band. You've been severely affected, Chris, by the crisis, haven't you? With cancellations and bookings and then recancellations. How's it been and where are you at? Well, it's
2: been very disappointing. Obviously, Ben, uh, we haven't performed since March the 16th was the last time we performed. And since that booking, we've lost 19 uh, bookings in the following few months. And they're still cancelling now. I don't really understand why that's happening, because clearly the new guidance said these things can be done. So people are still cancelling things in October and November, which is all very disappointing. So it has affected us. Well, myself and two ladies playing sounds familiar. And one of the ladies is very, very nervous about performing again. So if we do perform in the near future, probably myself and one of the ladies will be, will be performing Sounds Familiar. We have been practising virtually and we have practised. She's my other bubble, if you like. So I go across to her to practise and she comes here to practise on alternate weeks. So we're still practising at the moment. Hopefully we shall get some work very soon.
0: That's fascinating. So tell us about Sounds Familiar. What What is it you play?
2: We play very nice music. We have started off by when I first invited the two ladies to join me, it was particularly to play the Seekers numbers, which lots of people remember from the sixties. They had five big hits, fairly big hit records in the sixties and they were very, very popular. Uh, we broadened it out. We play Beatles, Mamas and Poppers, a lot of classic numbers from the sixties, all very nice music, nothing rowdy and bounce along. There's only one guitar myself. And the three vocals clearly works because people book us and we play and we're quite popular. There's a type of audience we've got, obviously, the, we're playing the Seekers music and playing that sort of music. It's an age thing. We get Our audience tends to be people in the 60s and 70s, which is fine, as they love the music and join in. When all this settles down, we shall pick up the cudgel and start playing again.
0: And it's that audience, really, isn't it, Paul, that we need to pick the confidence up for? Because, as, as we say, Chris offers a fantastic opportunity to see some live music. But if the audience isn't there, this is where the conference needs to be put back into the events industry, doesn't it?
1: Again, we we touched upon this uh, last week. And I've seen Chris's band perform before we played in my local village, so it was fantastic. As you say, he's got like a target audience and there's like a certain age range. Unfortunately, at the moment, that's kind of the certain age range where people might be at a higher risk or they might be shielding. And I understand that some of the gigs that Chris is doing, they might not want to come Back so quickly, but I was hoping with the announcement on Saturday that you know we can do indoor gigs again and stuff. And the fact that I know Chris has done outdoor gigs as well, that's some of them have been pulled, which the mind baffles. You do need to restore confidence in it and get people along. And it, you know, even if he's doing a show, a smaller show for like 30, 40 people, hopefully that will then those 30, 40 people say, Well, we had a great time, we really enjoyed the show, you should come to the next one. And that 30, 40 people might turn into 60 people. And I like, obviously there's all the social distancing rules. I'm not going to go into that, but you get the idea it'll install confidence and bring people back. And then hopefully Chris will be playing back in front of the audiences that he was doing before this, this all happened.
2: I also run a folk club at the Pretty Bricks in in wartsall in John Street, which I'm hoping to relaunch on the 10th of September in the light of guidance we were given a few days ago, which Paul outlined at the LMP forum that he held last Friday. I was delighted about that. So I'm in the process at the moment of talking to the Pretty Bricks pub about relaunching the folk club on the 10th of September. So I'm planning to go in and meet with him in the next couple of days to see what we could do with the room to make sure that they're confident about the social distancing that can be introduced. And that'll be a great message, really, if we can make that work. And it happens, I think, as Paul explains, you know, if we can get some confidence back into people, then that's going to be a good thing. So I'm determined to do it as soon as possible.
0: How's that been received by the landlord? Is he like, yeah, come in and talk to us? Or is he a little bit sceptical? Or We've seen irresponsible landlords around the country, of course, that has almost cost them their business, is not it?
2: No, ben, he's happy to do it. Uh, just if we can work out how we're, gonna, we're going to do it, make sure the room is distantly safe, as they call it, then I'm sure we, we can go. He's, he's not being negative about it. He's keen to do it. He obviously belongs to a local chain of pubs and he hasn't had any negativity from his bosses. So two conversations I've had with him on the telephone, both occasions he hasn't said, no, we can't do it. So at the moment, it's game on.
0: Brilliant. Fabulous. And that's, of course, the news we all want to hear because the more events there are and the more people that are kept safe, it overrides the irresponsible people that are out there. It overrides that because the positive stories are always more powerful than the negative stories. We're in negativity 24-7, if you want, on the news channel. So, Chris, we wish you the very best of luck without Odin and the Folk Club. And what's the audience for the Folk Club? Because that's the other side of things. We concentrate on the pub. What's the audience like? And have you spoken to people that have perhaps been regulars in the past?
2: Uh, Well I haven't spoken to anybody yet Obviously until we've confirmed up the date To to make sure we try and get people to come back Obviously it's a folk club So people come in and perform Previous to the lockdown I was getting about eight acts Regularly coming and performing Uh, Most people sing three numbers In the first half and two in the second The audience is of an age Of course I'm afraid As we've just referred to People are in their 60s and 70s. Most of the performers are at that sort of age, although we have got one young man who's younger than that, probably in his 30s, but generally the performers are of an age as well. So as you say, this is the issue, whether we can get the confidence in for those people to come and play, and those people to come and watch. It's not a big or it's never a big audience, it's not a big room. So if we're going to get I guess as many as 20 people in there, probably as many as we we could safely fit into the room. But that would be a start. So obviously we'd have to make sure we understood who was coming in and record their names and their contact details as per the instructions you have when you go into a pub. If you go into a pub for something to eat or for a drink, you have to register either on your mobile phone or, or manually. Uh, when you go in there so they've got your contact details just in case there is an issue, we will
0: do all those sort of things and I'm sure the landlord will be on top of that as well. Well, I'm pretty sure that, Paul, we've seen the importance of tracking who's been where at the moment because we can contain outbreaks then, can't we? We've seen it in, they're actually tracking the people in there and that's coming out quite positive because it's stopping it spreading further, isn't it?
1: Yeah, so like instead of it being just like a needle in a stack, you say, well, we've got so many people in a pub and we think someone had COVID, and you go, well, we don't know where to start. If you know you had 30 people in that evening, that's person there. You can even sort of time stamp follow it when they came in. You can contact those people straight away, so they can either be tested or self-isolate and see if they've got symptoms. I don't think anyone wants to have that phone call or that email, because, you know, that must be a very scary thing to get to say, you were in a restaurant or you were in a pub that had that. But unfortunately, that is the way things are at the moment. So it's better to have those things in place and then you not get that call than the other way around. But you know my view, Paul, we've got to have a go at
2: this, haven't we? If we all say, I can't do it just in case, nothing's ever going to happen, is it? Yeah, nothing's going to move forward. At some point, we've got to say, we'll have a go at this. We'll do all we can to set the thing in place that makes everybody safe and trackable and everything else you're talking about. But I think sometimes you just got to say, let's give it a go.
0: You're right there. And of course, you know, primarily the concern is safety. And then secondly, it's entertaining people because uh, it does help mentally. Uh, You know, your mental health does improve if you go and watch a gig. That's obviously proven and things. It picks up, it lifts moods, helps people through. It's invaluable at these times because people have been locked in for three, four, five months, perhaps. Uh, And I mean, we spoke with Ben Kelly last week, the, the DJ that we all know. He couldn't speak to his parents for five months, I think. And it was a knock at the window. I mean, how does that affect you? You know, these people you've probably seen every day for 20, 30, 40 years, and I have to keep them outside the window. How does that make you feel? It's not right, is it? But Chris, you're obviously very keen about the comeback and about the recovery now, and obviously the biggest thing that you're doing recovery-wise is your networking group, because you're getting people together. Gone Fishing for Business is now online, and you've, ne- you've never stopped networking. How close to your heart is that, and how passionate are you about it? I know what it is, but if you can tell the audience, how passionate you are about the network and why it's so vital coming up to this time now.
2: Well, gun Fishing for a has been going for 13 years, believe it or not. It seems incredible to me that it's been going that long and people are still buying into it. And I suppose the fact that people are buying into it and still getting involved means that it works. And that's the important thing. I mean, yes, I decided to go virtual, Ben, when this all started to keep people connected. Because I don't charge for it. People attend and it's free, they just sign in and, and meet virtually. But I think it's so important, they all stay connected because everybody's struggling with all of this, aren't they? And if they've got somebody else they can connect to and talk to and be part of something, makes them feel better. And that's what gun fishing's always been about. It's about people working together and helping each other. When people come to gun fishing, it's not about I've got to get an order. Although, as I always say, if you haven't got an order, you haven't got a business. So I accept that to be a a, a fact. But Gone Fishing has never been about people coming and saying, I've got to get an order from this group. It's never been like that. And anybody who comes purely and simply for that reason has never lasted at Gone Fishing. They've never gone the distance, and over 13 years, you know, the fact it's still going means that it does what it says it's doing, helps people work together. Because if
0: everybody works together and helps each other, we all, we all succeed, don't we? We do. It is Yeah, the power is in the people, isn't it?
2: That's the big thing for me, you know, and that's why I'll continue to do it as long as people want me to do it. When people don't want me to do it, people stop coming, I'll stop doing it. But at the moment, that isn't happening, you know. I mean, we've got a meeting on Friday. Friday, I think we've already got 18 people booked to come. It builds up throughout the week and then I do a final contact on Thursday and numbers normally go up to mid-20s and onwards and upwards from mid-20s to 30. People just enjoy coming. We have some advice. One thing I've introduced into the meeting is advice from the council because the council, as you know, has had all this money through grants and loans. And I think the advice Andrew Clayton and his team bring to the meeting just sets the scene for the meeting about what's happening, what help's available to people. So we spend a few minutes at the start just talking about those things. So everybody's up to speed with where we are locally and nationally with with help for
0: businesses, which I think is important. Then everybody clearly has an opportunity then to talk about where they are. It's incredible, Chris, that you do try and bring people together locally and obviously also welcome people from outside of Warsaw. But you're quite right, Ben. People are welcome. When I talk about
2: Warsaw Council officers giving information, that's the same information you can get from your local council. It's not about Warsaw Council. He just tells you what councils can do. He gives you information that's available to you if you're a resident of Wolverhampton, Dudley, Sandwell. You have the same opportunity. We'll make sure we're aware of the opportunities we'll be able to give you as well as Warsaw.
0: And Paul, you've benefited a lot from, from Gone Fishing. You're one of the advisors, really. You tell a lot of people what's going on in the events industry and you get your message across there, don't you?
1: Me and Chris go way back even before Gone Fishing. We met at some other networking events, and Chris very kindly invited me along. I've lost count how many years. I've been going. I would have think it might be eight or more. It might be more than that. I don't know. We've made some great contacts out of it. We got a lot of work out of it. Chris and me even worked together on a number of projects over the years, which has been fabulous. In some ways, it's been a a bit of a secret blessing that it, it's gone online because I've actually ended up coming back to the group and probably been more involved than I ever have in the last couple of years. So it was nice. And then obviously with the whole event forum and chris supporting us chris said well you're doing all these updates in your, your facebook group why can't you do a little two minute five minute about what the government announced this week same as andrew does with the council i've been put into that category and i i feel quite honored to be asked to do that every two weeks you know
0: this is gonna obviously go or be contained uh, we, we're too advanced as a world in science for it not to where do you see business and the economy going over the next six, 12 months? And obviously the event is a massive key to that. So where do you stand on that?
2: Well, as I've just said a few minutes ago, Ben, it's important that we have a go at trying to do stuff and all these people in these theatres and everybody else. So as I said at one of Paul's events, uh, about three or four uh, events ago, that somebody with their deep pockets, it's all right, burning hippodrome saying they can't cover the costs. Somebody surely in organisations like that would have a pocket deep enough to be able to say, look, we need to help this theatre deal with this sort of stuff. You know, people have learned a lot of money out of, the, out of the music industry over the years. Great artists, but people have promoted them and got them where they are. So it's time for some of these people to pay back and help some of these theatres to get back doing stuff. The economy is about people doing things. And if nobody does things, nothing's gonna happen. We've all got to have a go at saying, let's say, let's have a go at this, let's do something. Because if nobody does anything, nothing happens. So it's important for the events industry, any kind of business, that they don't sort of say, oh, woe is me, I can't do anything. It's just say, yes, we are. Yes, we are gonna do something and have a go at it. You know, we all know about what the restrictions are. We all know about all the rules around all of this. Blimey, it's been nailed into us over five months and did about what we should be doing. So if we don't understand what we need to do to do this, but that said, we need to do it, to have a go. And even if you don't make the profits, as somebody said at the meeting last Friday, Paul, I think, didn't they? They're still operating on pre-COVID profit margins. Well, you can't do that. You've got to change your view and do something, bearing in mind, as long as what you're doing makes a contribution to your costs because these places that are closed, we're not doing anything. have got fixed costs of are looking at them, whatever they're doing. You know, the building's got to be maintained. So if I was one of these venues, I'd be saying to myself, well, what is it costing us now? What's the minimum we can do to put a vent on and have a go at? It? Talk to the artists who might be interested and do a deal with them. Because they're not playing or performing or acting or whatever they're doing. So they've got to take a different view about what the expectations is from what they're going to charge. So if everybody gets in a room virtually together and says, we want to do this, what's the best we can do to make it happen? If we all talk together, I'm sure we can, we can get an agreement about doing something. And once one person does it or one theatre does it, others are going to say, well, that was interesting. We can do that.
0: But, I mean, that's just an impassioned plea. I don't think there's anything more to add to that. I mean, all I will say is that people with deep pockets, we have one on here, Chris, but he's just got short arms, especially when he's at the bar. On a serious note, Chris, I don't think there's anything else to add to that. I think that's superb. I think that's an impassioned plea. And I think you're right. I think there is people that can afford to take a risk. The sad thing is the people that are taking the risk probably can't afford it. That's the position we're in. And, And like you say, some people, some higher established event people need to take the risk that they can afford to do and to give us the the smaller businesses a little bit more of a chance of succeeding. You know, not obviously give us it on a plate. We need to work hard for it, but at least give us the chance. So, as we always do, we're going to go over to Mr Spicer. Uh, Just before we do, for Paul's roundup, that's Thursday night, me and Paul were talking at 11 o'clock, because the sneaky government, who made a big splash of holding us back for two weeks, released a Twitter statement after oh, 10 at night now if you know me and paul we need our beauty sleep so we would be grateful if they could reset at nine o'clock next time so at least we can sort everything out paul it's been a really fascinating week and it does finally feel
1: like we're moving forward at a little bit of a pace i didn't expect to be up until half past one in the morning that evening but let's just say it happened. And it's funny when we're having this conversation, some of the listeners will have will understand this, that literally my phone was going insane saying, have you seen this? Have you heard this? I'm going to reiterate this again because I've said this on the Zoom call. I've said it on my Facebook Live. I think it was very lazy of the government to announce the fact that things could move forward that would postponed from the 1st of August to the 15th of August. It was very lazy how they went about it. Uh, They linked it to the press and uh, half an hour later, the government guidelines changed at 11. Of course, no one knows whether any of that stuff was going to be true. So you can imagine Ben and my phone going absolutely insane. The good news is it was true. Indoor venues are allowed to do socially distanced gigs. We're allowed uh, theatres that can open, that can put productions on and they are financially viable, can do it it's moving forward and it's getting us ever closer the most important thing about this was they put a hold on some of the test cases and test concerts which obviously are going to affect things for october they'd obviously put a hold on the test sports again for october but that's all started to move we've seen snooker at the crucible they had 300 people in a 2000 seat venue unfortunately they didn't get to do the cricket test because the weather's been bloody awful so there's nothing we could do about that, but that will happen. They are starting to move with more music tests, concerts and also to aim for that goal for the October time to get conferences and expos up and running. They are starting to put together the test cases for those events and venues, I think, are being selected or applying. So hopefully over the course of the next couple of weeks, we will see things moving to slowly get us back to where we are. So it is it is good. I was sitting there expecting to get a load of phone calls while I'm walking the dog on Friday morning saying, have you seen the press conference? But there was no press conference. And also, just going back to what you've just said, Paul, and just that, the snooker,
0: The pity the ones that had tickets for that Sunday evening because O'Sullivan had (laughs) one frame on the Sunday evening. All that build-up, bless, and he he just walked it is incredible. But like you say, but the the bigger picture, of course, is that things are getting there. And and like you say, yeah, we've missed out on the cricket because of the weather. It is amazing. We had a great time when we locked in, locked down. You know, the the weather was beautiful. And then as soon as we can do things that are outdoor, it it starts to rain. And and also you get a class act like O'Sullivan just... Tearing the Wilson Luke Final apart, but strange these <laughs> times are. Strange times. Listen, Chris, we really, really thank you. Your input into the local economy uh, is invaluable. And I know on a Friday morning that other people say it, but without you bringing these people together, we wouldn't find out the information. The way you contribute towards the event forum is amazing as well. To have your experience on there and know how and knowledge is absolutely invaluable to everybody in the events industry. And to be honest, Chris, you're that positive, you're keeping people going without a doubt. That's very kind of you Ben And your attitude of let's give it a go I hope more people pick up on that Because I think you know us three We give anything a go at the moment We probably are Absolutely and that's the
2: right thing to do I know we keep saying the same things But at the end of the day it's the right thing to do We need to start things moving Push the boulder So once it starts rolling It starts rolling itself It's easy to push it But if nobody gives it that first push And does stuff It's never going to move is it
0: it's not, no. And, and just as a final point to finish off the podcast, that dog's glad that announcement was on the Friday morning because you walk quicker apparently when announcements come out, Paul. So Mojo Jojo said so. <laughs> Brilliant. Gents, as always, an absolute pleasure. Out To the forum, a lot more information on this podcast as always. Every week we give you more information. That's what is about. Please do help. Please do support us. We do have a long list of guests now that want to come on the podcast. We appreciate that. And thank you as well. And also just a personal thing from me. I don't say much personal on here, so I'm going to say something for a change. Thank you very much for your support last Friday to everybody that was on the Zoom call. And also afterwards, to people watch the replay? It's always nice to know that what you've given out and the information you've given out is appreciated. And I do hope that some of you will start podcasting or if not, ask me to help you. Uh, I'm a great host. I'll say that myself. And as I say, and I do have some great co-hosts. And also, Paul helps me as well on some. So, thank you very much,
1: John.
0: <laughs> Finally, Ben and Paul, thank you for inviting me. It's been a pleasure. Cheers, Cheers. Chris. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Cheers, thank you. Bye-bye, all.